Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Chad. I'm Tyler. We're Radio Silence. I'm Tom, and this is The Crawl. Welcome to the podcast. So today's guest is Galaxy San Juan, and I have a great story for you guys that I have not told you yet, that this weekend I went to punk rock karaoke up at the Viper with Damien, who plays the guy, if you've seen Southbound, he's the guy who doesn't take his mask off, and Galaxy, who did makeup on it, and we were outside, had been drinking, and she meets a couple from Australia who's just in town for like a couple days or maybe a week. Somehow it comes up that she's working on the new Kevin Smith movie. She invites them to set. Keep in mind, this is like 2 a.m. A uh, lot of drinks. She in. has to be at work at 9. <laughs> wow. Um, and she she's like, you should come to set tomorrow. It'll be great. Guess what? They went to set. They had <laughs> oh, a shit. great time. She got them in a scene with <laughs> Jay or Silent Bob. I don't know what movie it is, but I think it was... She got them in a scene. Okay. Amazing. Uh, isn't that amazing? amazing. That is such wow. a classic galaxy story, too. Like, she wow. just... Yeah. She's yeah. just like, that's just her in a nutshell. That's 100%. I'm not actually very surprised by that story, yeah. She did not sing punk rock karaoke, though, this time. But she did last time. She oh, did well, that cancels with everything out. <laughs> well, they did They did X. They did Los Angeles last time. And had, they were the only people all night who had to restart, which was, <laughs> which was awesome. And then they killed it, to their credit. Um, so yeah, Galaxy's our guest today. Galaxy's worked on The Guest. She worked on Southbound with us. She worked on I Am Steve McQueen, I Am Divine, I Am JFK Jr., I Am Evil Knievel. All uh, the I Ams. A lot of I Ams. Um, she's the I Am go-to makeup artist. She worked on All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, Silver Skies, tons of stuff. I mean, her IMDb credit is insane. Yeah, so this was a lot of fun to do, and I... Galaxy, I mean, I, at the end of it, she really hit us with like a story that I don't think any of us were expecting. It was like really moving. No. And it was Inspiring. Yeah. 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 It's fantastic. So it's a fun interview. So I hope you guys like it. Here's Galaxy. Galaxy, I think you've worked on a hundred or so, more than a hundred projects. I mean, you were... Well, let's start with what do you do, Galaxy? That's um, start. I do makeup, hair, male grooming, and effects. And go to shows. Male and grooming. Go to, yeah. So yeah. you what don't groom females, is what you're saying? Um... Do females not need grooming? They do. Should I just dive immediately into Go. my Playboy experience? Go so, like, I've always done hair shit. and makeup and blood and blood effects. Like, blood is one of my favorite things ever because I like the tone of blood. You also have a specific recipe for blood, too, Yes, right? I like do, that I won't tell anyone. And I we'll, won't we'll tell anyone that. today. I won't tell, right, blood. I won't <laughs> tell anyone. On but, oh. Anyways, um, I worked for the Playboy channel for a while. And um, my first job ever, one of the girls came up to me after I did her hair and makeup, super sparkly, super big. And she's like, will you bronze my tits? And I genuinely... <laughs> I did very matter-of-factly. I'm honored. <laughs> she literally did. She's like, will you bronze my tits? And in my heart, even though it was Playboy Channel, but something in my head, because I was kind of young, not so naive, but I kind of was, I thought she was kidding. I was like, yeah, of course because I just thought she was kidding and she literally dropped her robe and I was like, oh my God, I have to touch your tits. Like, and I have to be professional about it. <laughs> and like, I really have to do this like right now. And like, I have to. So was... why are we all not makeup artists? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was Wrong pretty like, career. yeah. And she's like, don't get too much on the nipple. Cause I was like, oh, you don't want to darken that up. You want to keep it pink. And I was just like. And how old were you at the time? I was t- 22. So you've seen boobs before, besides your of own. course. I used to sell porn. That was my first job. So your first Playboy, your first Playboy yes. shoot. This obviously. But wait, go back. What was your really first memorable job? things? Like, yeah, I was gonna say, what's the path to what you do? I was. I lived in a, a, a hoedunk town called Castaic. That is a truckers stop right before you hit the grapevine. So all truckers go there. It's a, they have a truckers bar, and um, when I was growing up, there was actually a lot of prostitutes who actually that, in all honesty. And being serious, um, it was a prostitute who kind of got me into makeup because she taught me the ways of being a woman, 
with like doing not nothing sexual, just like doing hair and like you want to wear bright clothes, which I'm not right now, but you want to wear bright clothes to get a man's attention. Like she taught me a lot of things of like how to be a woman because I grew up in a ranching town with full of truckers and I was like a total tomboy. And she was like, always paint your lips red or pink and um, and always use the hairspray. I mean, she was just really great. And she was a prostitute for the truckers at the um, pilot gas station. And her name was Trisha and I loved her so much. Um, But they were filming a movie down there at the truck stop. And my best friend, she's like, dude, and I had just gotten out of uh, makeup school. And she's like, dude, they're filming a, ma- a movie down there. Go down there. Like, tell them that you'll intern and this and that. And I was a t- John Lennon has this thing about, like, if you believe that you're the best and you just present yourself as the best, you'll just be the best. And so I went down to the film set thinking I was hot shit with the cheesiest business cards ever. And I mean, the <laughs> cheesiest fucking business cards ever. And... um I walked on and I was like, where's the makeup artist? And they're like, over there. Who the fuck is this kid? I literally was a kid. I was 17. I couldn't even buy cigarettes. And you had already been through makeup school at this time. Yeah. I, well, I was um, at 15 and a half. I lived on my own and worked and went to school already. So I was already taking care of myself at 17. And uh, I was just like, where's the makeup artist? And they're like, over there. And I went and I handed her like the cheesiest business card. And I was like, I'm the best. And you want me on this shoot. And she literally was like, no, I don't. But she handed it to her assistant. And her assistant called me a week later. And she's like, can you do this shoot for a film? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I can. And she, her aunt died the night before they started filming. And the director was like, well, you've done makeup before on films, right? And I was like, yes, I have. Never had. I never. Wow. And I was like, yes, I have. And he's like, you know how to uh, make slime and you can do blood. And I said, I sure can. Never made slime in my entire life. Wow. <laughs> and I literally like, yeah. stayed up all night trying to figure out ways to make slime and kept my best friend up. I couldn't even drive because I didn't have a car. She had to drive me to set. <laughs> and literally that one job, and I'm not even shitting anyone, like talk about hopes and dreams. That one job has literally led me to right here. And that's not even a lie. Because every job leads to the next. It does. Every job leads to the next. And like, I still work very, very hard uh, now. But I mean, at 17 to be on like a film set and we were shooting on 35, which I knew was like, I knew at that time already, like that we were on our way to digital because it was like right there at the break. And I knew how special that was. And the director was great. And so I literally gave it my all and which I still do. But I mean, at that 17 year old all. And um, do you stay in touch with anybody from that shoot? Yeah. I do actually. The still photographer gave me my next job after that. He's like, "You're amazing. Your work's great." And I was like, "Thanks." And um, and yeah, it really like I can literally connect it from that job and one other student film that I did has brought me to where I'm at today. Well, I feel like so many people would just have have winged it. You know, they would yeah. have said, "Oh, I don't have this experience." Then they would have shown up. Yeah. And they would have tried to figure it out in the moment. Whereas you had, you know, you knew you had this short window of time between when you got the job and when you had to show up and do the job. Yeah. And you busted your ass to learn how to do the oh, fucking yeah. job. How to, you, you had to solve, you had all these questions you had to answer and you went and you, you figured them out for yeah. yourself. Yeah, just stay up all night and figure it out. And I literally stayed up all night trying to make, I went, I remember going to the um, dollar store and literally buying out all the um, gel, like the super cheap gel and I was like trying to food color diet because I was like and water it down I was like this will make slime I just know it and it really actually did work it was really sticky and after like three hours it started to crust (laughs) (laughs) did you have any resources where there was like the internet right yeah no I was just just a kid because I remember at the rap party I couldn't drink because I wasn't old enough and again my best friend literally was driving me because I couldn't even I didn't have a car You're like at the, the time. Doogie Hauser of uh, of makeup. I don't. Right? I wouldn't say that, but I just was. <laughs> yeah, just... I think that's a mixed reference. I remember I was like, I'll do whatever it takes, and this and that, and. So was the slime hair gel and food dye? It was, yeah. And then I would just every time it started to crust, I was like, I'll just rewet it. What was the movie? It's called Blind Eye, and it was actually really cool. I saw one cut of it and. Can we watch the, it and is it out? I don't know. Because this was like year. I mean, like I'm an old lady now. I was seven. I was 18, I think, when I did that. Because I could actually buy cigarettes. 
I couldn't drink. I know that for I know I was under twenty one. So right. was so Robert Colton? Oh, I don't even know if I could remember their was names. It directed by Jonathan. No, it was directed by Scott Tabot, and I'll always remember his name because he was my very first director. So. And are you still in touch with? Was he just Trish Trisha? The, no, no, not at Do you at know all. what happened? What happened? What her? What happened to her? What her story is? No, no, no clue, no clue. I just, I mean, I felt bad. Her, I mean, her aunt died, and that's essentially actually how I also got that film. Was if her aunt didn't die, it would have just been her assistant. But yeah. she called me, in tears, and she's like, "Can you do this film?" And I was like, "Yeah, you've worked on films." And I was like, "I sure have." And that's so funny because I hate liars. Like I hate liars. And that's not really I, lying. That's not, just yeah, that's that, like that's hustling. That yeah. is that's <laughs> that is <laughs> hustle. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna be there. But right? I, was, <laughs> I can see, I can see the justification of like needing to do it and getting work. I understand that. But it doesn't mean it's not lying. Everybody's got to do something oh, for the first time. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I, the number of like camera jobs I've had where you they you get a call and it's like, hey, have you used this camera? And you, you have. Oh, yeah. And you say yes. And then you go to the, a camera house and you have them pull it and you practice until yeah. you know it. And so you, you, do, show up, you do show up as an expert or at least with, as someone who's experienced and who can, yeah. who can actually do the work. Well, you can study things, read things, do th- whatever... It's, you never really learn until you're, until you're doing it anyway. When you and then you solve a problem is when you know. Yeah. Like the slime is actually probably a great example from your story. Like that's a problem that had to be solved. Yeah. Like it literally. literally was 99 cent store hair gel with food coloring. Did you pay I, out of pocket for that or did you have a budget? I paid out of pocket for it because, well, they gave, they did give me a budget, but because there was so much I had to keep learning at the same time. That I really, I went out of, but I go out of pocket a lot, even still to this day. Yeah. Because there's shit that just like a production can't handle, can't cover, and I just want it to be great. Or because I genuinely sometimes still don't know how things are going to happen. So I just have to just fuck around and find yeah, out. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. around because I don't want to let people down. It's also yeah. how you develop what's specific to your style, right? Like you, you yeah. have to sort of experiment outside like color outside the lines a little oh, bit absolutely. in order to like find the special blood formula whatever yeah whatever it is speaking of when did you develop your uh obsession with crime scene photos thank you um i was <laughs> what? Uh, quick yeah. backstory when we met galaxy on i Southbound, love crime swing she came in you knew rocks and yeah. uh, she knew me as well. I'm sorry, and she knew me. But she forgot you. She we was like, well, like, I, I think I think she remembered me. She didn't like me. But so Galaxy came in and was like, I just remember within, you know, very professional. Like I've got some, you know, I've got some stuff. We've got some photos. Let me just um, who's seen uh, Irreversible? And we're like, wait, what? We're just jumping right into. Do you remember this? We watched yes. Irreversible within yeah five minutes of yeah, um, and then. You were like, so I have some photos. If you're a little bit weak, maybe don't take a look. And it was just murder scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, tons. Yeah. Um, There's a great coffee table book out. Have there, you seen it? I have it. Oh, oh you do? The, yeah. all, the old black the and white? Police yeah, the police from photos from the 1950s because oh, they're made amazing. public. Yeah. yeah. So when did that start? Was that prior to or after? <clears throat> um, That would have to be... Maybe I maybe by fluke chance that I by chance happened to pick up this book called Say You Love Satan. And <laughs> As um, people do. <laughs> Is that a kid's book? No, it's the book really uh, found you, let's be honest. It's a book about these two Midwest teens that were in high school or just graduated high school. And um they became obsessed with uh, you know, like six 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 and devil worshipping and all that. And like super obsessed. And then there's this other kid, the less fortunate fortunate kid, who was kind of like, I want to be cool and want to hang out with you guys, but I'm really scared of you dudes, but I still want to be cool. Anyways, these two kids took him out to a forest and they tortured him. And they, uh, right before they killed him, they said that they were going to let him live. And uh, right Right before he, I mean, he was crying and he's in tears and being tortured and they were yelling at him, say you love Satan, say you love Satan. And he said, I won't, I won't, because he was just like, I'm not doing it. It's like such a holy kid, right? So, like, that's how you know when people are good at heart. Like in that moment, he yeah, was just I like, won't. I won't. And then, uh, and then he finally said, I love Satan. And then they stabbed him to death and he died. And uh, the person who wrote the book was the detective who I can't remember his name. 
But the whole point to that story was, is I had kind of always been like into blood and stuff like that. But that was the first story that actually hit me where I went, (gasps) like I was reading a book and I actually gasped and I was like, this is really bad. This is really horrible. This shit happens. And that's, and this is where it gets weird and morbid and that shit happens. And that's just the truth of it. And then I kind of became obsessed with it. Kind of unhealthy like it really was and that's the truth is i was like if this happened and this kid was stabbed which is a horrible way to go and he was crying and he tried to be a good kid to the end like what more happens out there in the world and that is when it spiraled out of control for me literally out of control i was obsessed like my parents really didn't like it but i became (laughs) obsessed with what what's the the top like what's the most extreme that people take it to because like people get shot and that's probably your best way to go by the way is just being shot to death because it's over um and i just was obsessed with like the way things uh things that people would do serial killers you know like um opening incisions and pulling intestines out slowly because you'll slowly die over that and Mm -hmm. it's torturous and um the lime one, which I told you guys that in yeah. the meeting, uh, this person was put in a bathtub and then they soaked in lime, like pure lime, like how, you know, mm-hmm. like that you take to remove calcium. So their bones just while they were alive, you know, like at what point did you die? That's like so horrible. Oh my God. Do you just, so yeah, it became really grotesque. And because of it, I, uh, wanted to see the impact of it and I became obsessed with the photos crime scene photos doctor photos I remember for my 24th birthday like my friends had pitched in for a medical doctor's book like the professional one which is over a thousand dollars and my friends and family they were like yeah she's really into it she really likes effects and they got me the book and it was like horrific it's horrific it's horrific because it also We're really cool with talking about adults. Like, we have this weird thing, like adults. Disconnect almost. It's weird. It's almost like observing. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. But when you see pictures of babies, children, and old people, it becomes a whole new world where you're just like, this is really fucked up. We lived in a fucked up place. And um, as much as we like to say the world's getting better and it's happy, like, you really just bad shit happens it's insane so what i mean was this was your interest in that in this sort of morbid and grotesque was that aligned was that before you got into makeup or was it yeah it was so this was a fascination of yours so so does makeup kind of does your when you when you were creating those effects on a character is it I mean, there's got to be something sort of cathartic and satisfying, it's, right? It scratches a very specific itch yeah, for you if you have Yeah, it's super weird interest. because I'm such a huge advocate for people not getting hurt. So there is something, I mean, a therapist would have to break it down because I don't know. Like, I'm just like, if, if any of my people in my circle get hurt or put in danger, I'm the first person to jump and be like, I'll take the danger for you. I'll fuck up anyone that will try to fuck you up. So I was, I'm a huge protector, which is so weird because these are people who were clearly not protected and I'm obsessed with that. And I can't answer like makes why. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah. does it? It doesn't yeah. seem Yeah, no, I mean, say it out Well, I also think, I mean, to a certain extent, anytime you work on like a genre thing, yeah. the idea that you create, you create a kind of controllable situation that you where you get it's to explore the idea yeah. of the idea it's of safe. something horrific. Yeah. Laugh right. when it's done. Right. It's, there's there you kind of create an immunity of sorts between you and whatever the thing is that you're exploring because it's ultimately make believe at the end of the day and um and that's I mean I think that that's no, definitely sure. a huge interest for us. That's why you know why we why we love it and why we love to go be scared at at movies. You're always able to sort of hold it hold it just just far enough away. Uh, but yeah. it puts you in touch with that. It puts you in touch with that. Well, there, with those, with there's those a guy. Really uh, do you remember we did that? We did that one thing at the Death Museum, and the guy was like, oh, that was we, the worst. "We were like, holy shit." We went to the Death okay. Museum on Hollywood Boulevard, and we're like, yeah. "Why do you? Why do you keep all these photos? Yeah. and like, these crime scene photos and everything like that." It was that. like him and, and his like, wife, right? And he's like, "Because I love being alive." Yeah. And like if you like approach it from that way, it's like, why do you as a reminder those things? As that's as a reminder. It's like huh. it is. It's like it's just like you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But like. While you are alive, enjoy every second of it. Because and he said, I remember when we went, he had, somebody had, you know, been shot down the block that morning yep. on like Hollywood. And he went to, you know, pick up 
brain matter and was proud of it. It was, I mean, it's a little fucking weird, yeah. but he was like, but his, yeah, his explanation was this reminds me to, right. It could be taken away. At yeah. It can be taken away. So fucking right. enjoy yeah. it, which was creepy at the time, but also made sense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Have you been to the death museum? I have been to the death museum and I'm actually quite opposite of that. Like literally hundred percent opposite. The things that make me um, happy to be alive is, and, and this sounds cheesy and maybe it's like this whole girl factor is like love greatness well that's same here we don't like, we're not, like happy to be alive because of yeah. death <laughs> no but that's what i'm saying like when people die i don't go like oh i'm so great to be alive like i really don't and i could easily hands down um die from for people within my circle that aren't even that close to me like i'm really okay with dying i have a great acceptance of it and like i would uh friends family whatever i could easily exchange so i don't have this thing of like Oh, I see brain matter and I'm just so great to be alive. Like, no, I could easily give up my life for that. But what makes me remember like, no, this is why I like being alive is like, um, love. It sounds so cheesy. I know it sounds so cheesy, but like when I see love or great moments, that's when I'm like, I don't want to die. Like I just, Mm -hmm. this feels so great and so on. But if kids, yeah, um, all the way, yeah, all the time and just things like that. Um, that's when I'm like, I have to be alive. But if I see someone getting hurt, I would be, I'm always the first person to be like, yeah, take me out. If, if it can protect you and save you, I'm good with it. Take me out. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to second, second guess it. Would you second guess it from me? No, I really wouldn't. If someone right now, no, I What's wouldn't, Tom, as cheesy as it is, if oh, someone, Tom, we forgot you were if here. someone hey. came in and they were like, Tom's out, I would be the first person to be like, Tom doesn't have to go out. I can, I can easily go out. I've done enough. Like right here. My, 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 my heart hole hurts. So like if Tyler was to try to stab him right now. Well, I don't like but, to be stabbed, but I would be like, Tommy, like. So maybe Tyler was going to like shoot me and it'd be an instantaneous thing. You'd step in front for me. Yeah. If I could give up, yeah, I can easily do that. Damn. Easily do that. Easily do that. Uh, every Let's... time I walk out on the street in Hollywood, I want you next to me now. But, <laughs> right? but this Fact. is where I go back to that whole love factor. If it was like, if Tyler was like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you right now. And I'd be like, no, I, I'll, I'll, do, I'll step up to the plate. But if then Matt was like, but I have a kitten that you can have forever and always. The, see, that's where love always wins. Love conquers <laughs> all. Love so conquers the, all. So the cats are more important. Yeah. So you would like, tell people to me yeah. unless there was a kitten that you could right cuddle because at the that's same my time. whole that's my whole okay. point is right. is love conquers all. Like it that would be like oh my god I could love this kitten and the kitten love would love me. Love didn't conquer anything for me. <laughs> right. But the kitten's gonna get love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I totally get it. Anyway, so that's why I do makeup. So like, what are your what are your when do you get involved with a movie? Normally, a producer calls me. It normally starts with a producer. Rarely a director, which I actually find very odd. And um, people ask too, like, oh, directors must love you. And I was like, yeah, no, directors think I'm, I'm cool. But it normally always starts with a producer. So if there was any advice I had to give, it'd be like, man, befriend that producer. Because they're the ones that really, at the end of the day, that can really, like, um, hammered in so producer will call and they'll be like hey I have this project can I send you the script the rate sometimes is good sometimes it's not and um, and you get the script first before you even talk to they tell you how many days it'll be no they'll just like just they, the they try to lure you in with the script and is it like if you like it you're like oh yeah. this is interesting to me I could do cool shit yeah or if it's like really low budget that they'll really try to push the script like it's a great script you're working with great people if it's like high budget they will literally be like you know you're gonna fucking take the job just fucking break down the script and show up because that's just and is this stuff is it are are they most of the time genre stuff or do you do do you do non-genre i do i do everything from i do the whole gamut from print tv um i can't i would I wish I had the patience for TV because I've done TV. One of the TV shows that I did for my season actually won an Emmy, and I was quite proud of that. Nice. And what um, was that? But I left because I can't handle TV. It was sports science, but I can't handle TV. Like it's it's, it's just still too, it feels too like monotonous. clocking it. It feels like clocking yeah. in, clocking out, clocking in, clocking out. It's like and the it's, equivalent of an office of an office job. It is. And yeah. as much studio? as was it studio based or was it at a 
It was, yeah, we had a dope-ass fucking warehouse. They're, they're still filming it. They still do it. And a lot of my friends are still on it, and it's great. But I just... And there's a piece of... This is where I'm actually proud of myself, because that TV show makes great money. Like, when they won the Emmy, they got picked up. They went union. Like, it's great money. And I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, this is not for me. Like, I want to go on locations. I want to meet new people constantly. And I... It could so be like experiences. Yeah, and it could be like my pretend ADD, like where I just constantly have to do something different. But um, I just that feels like an office job to me. Right. And I was meeting great people, and I I'm a pretty good sports person too. And I was meeting like A list celebrity sports dudes, and a lot of them too. And this is where I say like I'm proud, where it's like I really choose art and passion over money. Um. Because I'd be making great money if I was still with them. But that's not what makes me happy. What makes me happy and is like, who did I, I think I told this to Matt was like, it, it was as cheesy as it sounds. It's like southbound, hand over heart, truth of truth was life changing for me. And Chelsea, who's my, who was my wonderful, amazing assistant on this, including, and I know I can speak for her because we talk about it all the time was that Southbound was changing for us because we, for the first time in our career, um, found people that it's everything that we had ever asked for. There was two moments, and again, I know I can speak for Chelsea. It was one time we had, we were staying in the Motel 6, and almost every day- The renovated Motel 6. We, um... Tom got the garage. You got the Motel 6. We, uh... I got the garage because it saved money. That was the week that I was coordinating. So I was getting everybody Motel 6s, and then I didn't stay there. And then the other weeks I stayed there, and then David, the coordinator, Stayed in the garage. It was ridiculous. It was Utterly pretty ridiculous. funny, but we were literally coming home, which was the Motel 6, covered in blood, covered in dirt, tired, just so fucking worn out and tired. And we would literally lay in our beds after um, pretty much every single day, always over 12 hours. We were hitting somewhere between the 14, 16 hour mark. And we would lay there. But you and, were getting paid really well. And we weren't getting paid. <laughs> really and huge and this is where you big, can, this is what I'm talking nuggets. about, that being a high school girl and having that crush on that boy. We weren't getting paid well. I just stayed up all night giggling and talking about. We would lay in bed and we would literally say how lucky we were to have finally met people that it's everything that we had dreamed of. Which, by the way, is how we felt, too. We were like, this is unreal. I mean, you don't have to say that. No, no, but pause, because you're, like, the story that we talk about all the time, not to make this a fucking love fest, but... (laughs) No, it's my love for. This is so affirming. So I let Tom get murdered when we talk about love. Yeah. Why am I here? Somebody bring the kittens in here. The last scene that was just in the truck, and we were just shooting it... It's our favorite scene. It's our yeah. favorite moment. <laughs> it was it was so great. And it was like everybody went home, everybody was over it. There was no reason. Literally no reason. Yeah. For... And and you guys didn't have to stay, but you stuck around and stayed in the back like lying down in the back of that truck while we were driving on that fucking road. Like crazy forever. people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no, what are, this is great. Like Wait, you know, do, do I not get a call out for being there too? As the post supervisor who had no business even being around. You actually trucks? weren't there, Tom. I was, right there. I was there. No, I can tell you right now because me... <laughs> I was sitting next to Justin Martinez. No. I've already established she doesn't remember who you are. <laughs> I was sitting next to Justin Martinez in the whatever. He was there. The lead car. Because right after that, we went back oh, to the, the lead car. Uh, okay, that's house. Why. Yeah. And Tom's okay, sorry, hand Tom was the last shot. Yeah. Tom, was sorry, was Tom was there. Sorry. I can't believe he contradicted sorry. me on my own damn podcast, woman. <laughs> no, Goodness. but that that's... Um, it was there was this one day where we were in the Motel Six and we were staring at the ceilings, and uh, and no, n- not to be guilty, not to be cheesy, not to be anything, but Chelsea literally had missed um, her son's birthday. Oh, because no, 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 no. This well, is what I'm so saying. <laughs> no, no, no. This is what I'm saying is um, I have e- very because I love Chelsea so much. Given her days off, I've, I've hired different assistants, and I gave her the choice. I said, I know it's. I know it's Andrew's birthday and you're like such a great, amazing mom and you want to be there. And she, oh my God, I hope he never hears this. She literally was like, no, I want to be here with the guys and I want to be here with you and we're going to see it through. And I was like, are you sure? Cause I can hire an assistant. Like it's just one day and you can go back home. And, and she's like, no, 
she goes, uh, I can't remember what we had, but we had some like blood gag thing coming up. And she's like, I want to be here. And I just want to. Part of it was Chad, too. Like, she was like, I wanted to see. She's like, I want to see what Chad thinks of it or something like that. Because we were always feeding him Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. <laughs> but that had nothing to do. It had something to do with the blood thing. And, and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she's like, no, I'm sure. And she did. I mean, she faced it. Thank God with technology where you can FaceTime. Yeah. So she FaceTimed her, you know, her yeah. son many yeah. times and this and that. And But I just that if you could really know her, that literally speaks volumes of where we were at, where we would just yeah, be wow, laying in amazing. bed, yeah, staring at the ceiling. And we were just like, we found them. Like we finally, <laughs> like we found, like we talked. And I hope, I hope no one from other movies. We literally talk yeah, so fuck much every shit. Other movie now, <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> no, we talk. The other movies we've been on. Like, well, I wonder what she thought of me. Now. We talk so much shit on so many of the stuff that we've worked on. They're, we're proud of like, aspects of our work but like production wise we've talked so much shit we're always just like what the fuck are these fucking people well, doing? I think it was also really clear from the start <laughs> that like consistent. what the uh <laughs> what the process was gonna be with us that it wasn't gonna yeah. be this like lap of luxury thing we were in the middle of fucking nowhere with yeah very very few resources but a lot of love and a lot of a lot of camaraderie and i mean that was yeah so let me ask a question when you when you get involved with something and before you go through the process with them, like now if we work together again, we know how each other works and it'd be fun. And oh, yeah. from the get. When you get involved with somebody, what do you, what are you looking for in like those first couple like interactions where you like, like with the director or producer where you're like, okay, I can vibe with this person and we're looking for the same thing. I want to do this. It's hard. Cause I really wish I, maybe it's like, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a bad judgment of character, but um, I mean, based on the last 10 minutes, I think so. <laughs> no, but there's two two movies that were kind of blood heavy. Um, one of them, I only met the director over the phone, and they had essentially fired their team. So it was like got called in like last second. I talked to the director on the phone. I was like, "Oh, he's so rad! Like this is gonna be great." And then when I said so, I got flown out and I showed up. And I was like, I, I'm really into this. I want to, again, I always want to do my best and I want to excel. And he did not give me the time of day. And I remember really being kind of not heartbroken, but um, I was like, what? Like, I I want to do am amazing stuff for you. Like, why are right. you not even talking to me? Like, this is your fucking film. It's right. not even mine. Like, why are you, why? Like, I'm trying to help you. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting paid either way. I can do really shitty work or do amazing work. But I actually, I'm here for you. And and um, he really didn't give me the time of day. And it was... And did that lesson what you put into it? Or did you, it, you tell uh, like, fucking no, it's No, you know what? I always, I still gave my best. But I remember um, there was a continuity issue. And I 100% owned up to it. And I got yelled at too. Embarrassed kind of embarrassing mm -hmm. but i mean i took it and i was like yep i fucked up like it it is my it is my deal but when i walked away to be honest inside my head was like you know if you fucking had a conversation with me right, right, fucking right. sat through the script with me yeah. he never there's a lot of people looking at monitors you're he not the never, only person responsible he never for, fucking sat through yeah. the script with me and i'm like you're the direct this is your shit like yeah. i if he, totally. he never sat and i know directors are busy i totally get it but Everybody's I'm I'm totally willing to stay up till three in the morning. I'm totally willing to to pull an all nighter. Like he, I was like, so I have this idea. What do you think of this? And he literally looked at me, a, a little demeaning, and was just like, well, whatever you think is best, and walked away. That was my meeting to him. That ended it, and then we literally started filming a day later and yeah. on the wow. fourth day in i had i can again i can own up i did fuck up on a continuity issue but um not to justify it but a little bit of it was because i was confused right no one ever sat with me and said fine, like yeah. this is this is where we're going with you know no one ever did that so that was one i mean that was um and i was so stoked too to, to be a part of it and i i still am proud of it because everything else on a came came out great and i uh, made really great friends for a minute it was a great time but that was yeah sometimes directors like that was a phone call and i was like oh no we're gonna hit it off like we totally right. so that's a bad judgment call and then there was another director too where he actually did sit through the script like maybe like overly like we went over it over it, and i was like yeah i fucking got it we've <laughs> literally have read this 50 times now i understand where we're going with it i totally get it 
And then, um, but that's the other extreme. Like he was so, so into it and so like living in it that there was literally no room for, I don't want to say creativeness. Right, but, but there you was, couldn't interpret anything. Oh it was man, so it was heavily. just like, he's like, you know, I want the blood spot here. And I'm like, I do it. And he's like, that's not the spot I'm looking for. And I'm like, well, fuck man. Like I can't. Whatever you see in your head, like... I'm not inside your head. Like, I mean, I can do 20 different blood spots, but I'll probably never do the one that you actually see in your head. And so that's, like, the other extreme of it. And I actually really liked him. It was just more of, like, I don't know if there was ever pleasing him. Right. So what's your favorite... Like, what what would your ideal collaborator be? Um, I do like someone that can tell me what they want. A little bit of that, like, uh, without sounding weird, put me in my place. Does that, I mean. It, we'll give you guys. Professionally speaking, like someone who can just be like, do this, do this and do that. And I'll do it with like uh, their vision, my vision. So it's mm-hmm. a collaboration. And then they're like, they accept it. Or if they don't, they're open to tweaks, you know. It could be a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, a conversation. What's, what's the that would be of like people that allow you to be creative and allow you to. Bring something to I like it when people know what they want. I'm heavier work. on them. I rather I rather um, do what they tell me. Way, you know. Well, I, I mean, from our experience too. I know when we started and we were first talking with you, one of the fun things for us was that there was there was some makeup effect shit that that needed to be problem solved that we literally had no idea how how to oh, achieve yeah. the the mouth gag in the first segment. Uh, the 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 Irish smile. That yeah. was we. I mean, that we we spoke about that for. Is that like a? Is that like jargon? I don't know. An Irish smile. You've never, never heard, heard of that? that. What? So in Ireland. I mean, I'm. Just you're from Chicago. I'm Irish. <laughs> I, you're I smile. You're clearly not. <laughs> not that, often, clearly but... not that Irish. <laughs> Irish smile is where they take a box cutter and they cut you from here to here. Oh, I've right never here. heard of it referred to. Yeah. As like that. a joke. Joke. Yeah. yeah. It normally is because it's the yeah, same thing with cholo teardrops. Right. Yeah. Like Mexicans, if you see Latinos, they always have cuts right here because those are cello teardrops just like an irish smile so Mm -hmm. i had never heard okay well yeah you were saying no i mean i i just i remember i felt that was so much fun because we were we were working with someone who you you just knew you had a vision and you had resources and you had an understanding like from a practical perspective how to actually achieve that and we were totally we were totally like is it all the effect like what is it i don't know if you remember this but during that when we were still scripting it because you came in when we were like fairly early in the fucking process Mm -hmm. and being like hey so galaxy we're thinking about doing this jaw rip can you do that and you went and now after your story about being 17 and being like yeah man i can do anything you were just like, uh-huh, of course, sure. And we were like, great, <laughs> moving on. Let's just write that, and then Galaxy will do it. And by your right. giggling, I'm assuming you had no idea what you were going to do. Right. <laughs> Did you know what you were going to do when we face. asked? Well, you guys asked for, um, well, Irish Smile, I genuinely can do, because like, right, right. I actually have done that before. But when you said jaw rip, I was like, I mean, if I can do an Irish Smile, how much harder can it be? Right. <laughs> so, I, and that's that is my whole thing is like just say yes and fucking figure totally. it out kid like do yeah. it just and that's part of the job is like and don't let people down. that's my whole thing is don't let people down so but um oh my god now now you guys are really gonna know the truth and i don't know if i want to tell you guys the truth <laughs> oh, come on um but we're me, in tom's bedroom office it's an office <laughs> and i really i really wish bedroom. chelsea was here for this moment but out of all the effects we had handed to us on the list i'll you know like uh, you know, Bruckner wanted the blackout eyes and the blood and like Patrick wanted, I mean, just like everything that was the black vomit, this and that. And from Roxanne shoot, uh, me and Chelsea had a whole list and we um, would on our days off, we literally would work on every single effect um, just on our own, just without even telling people, showing people until we fucking nailed it. And nice. the one that we, would constantly fail at was the jaw rip <laughs> and literally we would have like panic attacks to the point and this this is how also old lady we are and we, we never saw any of this uh, they no, never, none of them. no and i actually have the, i have the footage of it too because i would practice on my we would like reel in like my brothers and sisters and i was like <laughs> i want to see that footage so it's bad. so good it's the the black vomit one from my sister-in-law she's like why am i doing this and I, was like, just, <laughs> I was like thanks you did great <laughs> they might hire you no i'm good but um this is how like 
how intense it got. Like me and Chelsea, I rented out, I would rent out hotel rooms to practice in. And so uh, not practice, but like to execute everything, like the white paint, the, the body painting, like, does this really stay on? Will it stay on if they're sweating? Will it stay on, you know, this and that and the the vomit, the pumping, the pumping on the side cheek, which actually ended up not getting used, which is okay. But the jaw rip, we always came back to the jaw rip. And we would literally have to walk over to the gas station and buy a thing of Rolaids because we would get so sick and oh, panicked. <laughs> because we're like, they're going to hate us. We can't do it. Like, it's just not. We would do, we had various um, uh different like we did it a couple different times in a couple different ways and it just never it never executed right it really didn't and well, i remember um, one of the big part of the conversation was your beard too because yeah. Yeah. Oh, matt, right. matt has like a beard yeah. that doesn't really grow in my beard it's is just, tight it's just <laughs> kind of, it's, yeah it's like Amish, but you can count the, yeah. <laughs> the beard hair which is like a whole other level that you had to like prep for because if it was clean shaven it'd be one thing but if it was something that yeah, what no, we went through um, we went through m- many different things, and then one night I was um, literally I was we were both panicked over it like over and over. She literally would text me at like three a.m. and she's like a mom. She's like, you know how much we loved it though. Like we literally loved it, but she would like literally text me at three a.m. She's like, "What do you think of this idea?" And I'd be like all right, I'll get on it. Like, I'll start pulling in stuff. And she, what do you think of this? Oh, what about this? And I would shoot, we were constantly shooting back ideas. Like, how do we get it? How do we do this? Part of it too was like, look, in in all, in reality, if we had endless amounts of money, we sure, we sure. could do oh, it yeah. right now if, if someone gave us. But we were working with that right. we fucking nothing. Yeah, and it was also just the execution of like, we don't have five camera multi-camera shoot it's just this one shot so well, isn't every i mean everything is different when you get oh, you can totally. plan and plan and plan yeah. but until you're there yeah. doing it it's you don't yeah. really know we what had ways of like is. well if we could life cast matt's face and if we had time to build a process of course we right. could have done it of course but that wasn't gonna happen but when it's hey here's twenty dollars and you have four days right yeah and then um and the best part too was it was on our first day and oh, that was the first day huh it was and uh oh, chelsea said uh, she said we're either getting fired because they will never trust us from this point on or they're just going to think we're really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea also, like, uh, not not that I'm, like, some drunk, but she was like, you have to be sober on this entire shoot. Like, you can't do <laughs> You can't be who you are on this shoot. Like, you and then you met us and you were like, yes, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Fuck I want. But no, I actually did. I stayed sober on that entire shoot amazing 100 percent. so we prepped it that morning and i was um i i was just panicked and gutted and i did not feel good uh i felt confident but i just was like so panicked because i was like fuck it's on the first day like if they could only see some of our other work you know but this was it this was talk about like a real test and um just as I was about to do it, Chelsea, because uh, it's rad. She is super rad. She's like, let's just. Go. We need to do this again with Chelsea, by the way. She yeah. literally pulled me off to the side where uh, Mr. Pants's bathtub was, and she, <laughs> she's like, let's pray. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, this sounds like a really good idea because I, at this point, like, I don't even know that. Oh, by the way, like the the setup that we had for the jaw, it was out of everything that we tested over and over because it was so last minute the idea that we finally came up with with the teeth hanging at the bottom of the jawline we didn't have time to test it and so it was the one thing we didn't test out of all the things that we tested over and over she's like let's come over here and pray by mr pants's bathtub and i was like this is a really good so idea we discussed mr pants and yeah. bring um, him up seriously but yeah, we God. did we, have like, him on the podcast. we totally we Not held hands room. and we prayed to baby jesus and i was just like I just don't want to fuck up for these guys. I just well, what's funny them... too is from our point of view, we were coming at it more like, like the the exact same thing. We're like, oh fuck, man. Every and this happens to us every time we do anything. We're like, the, all these people coming out to work. Hope we don't fuck it up. We just want it to like, work. We just you know, want everything. Yeah, to work. let's just I... let's make sure it works. Like, let's not 
And I also remember being like, this is fucking impossible. Like, we, we didn't know what we were getting into. And we're like, yeah, no, just, like, go take more time. Like, however time you, uh, however long you need. Because then you went back to makeup for, like, a couple hours, when you right? Because you had Matt. Yeah. And the then we were yeah. like, all right, cool. what can we shoot out? Yeah. Well, give them as much time as we need and we'll shoot out as much as we can. And Jeff, the AD, was Got like, every two minutes. <laughs> Galaxy, we need, we, we need it now. You're like, I just remember you going, like, well... When I'm done, right, right, I'll be out there. And then I told you 20 minutes, two minutes ago, and we're still not done. And then we kept looking at Jeff and being like, Jeff, we have like a whole bunch of other things to shoot. Like, just like let her do her, let us let her get it done. Like we get, we can do this. We can move. We're in a truck, and we're we have great, well shaped. And that's a huge part of it, though. Well shaped legs. Well shaped. Why did you say that? Yeah, look at it. It's a sexy leg. Goodness. So did you did you have I mean, do you, is there someone, is there like a mentor who taught you about this process? Because it sounds like it's so specifically yours, like designing, you know, you rent a hotel room, your motel room, you get your family, you get your friends and you practice all this stuff. I just downgraded you from a hotel room. But that feels like, but that feels like, I mean, that's, I mean, I know that everyone sort of does their, you know, practices or does their tests or whatever they need to do to, you know, to, to actually achieve the job. But that feels like something... I mean, how did you how did you kind of design that for yourself? Did it just sort of happen naturally, or did somebody teach you um, that stuff? I get asked a lot, like, "Who's your makeup influences?" And I actually really don't have. I mean, like, maybe like I could say V Neil because that's Beetlejuice, that's like uh, Edward Scissor's hand, like that. That's all genius stuff. But I also feel like that's kind of mainstream. Like, who the fuck doesn't love right. mm-hmm. Edward Scissors? Who doesn't love Beetlejuice? You know, but is there someone's work you could really break down and just take it and this and that? And um, it really comes down to kind of like the everyday, like I was telling you about the prostitute. Like that was a huge moment for me in makeup. Um, kind of my grandma too, because my grandma is so old school and traditional and she'd like, you want to get your hair set every weekend? And I was like, grandma, like we're past that. We can afford water now and wash our hair every day. But like, I get it. <laughs> like, but there was like those like beauty traits that she would be into. But, um, I mean like work wise, I mean, Dick Smith is a legend in the makeup world. And so like that, if, if I had to say like there was someone who I could really model after, it would have to be uh Dick Smith who is just legendary and, old school and like that's where you really want to learn from is old school you don't yeah, want to learn sure. anything new because anyone can do anything new especially with technology so you want that old school way which i was lucky enough to get um my first three continuity books are all in polaroid so i that's oh, wow. kind of also how old i am but at the same time like i really got to get that old school right which um, is great factor. because that never changes yeah it's like practical. those it's practical. yeah it's practical, yeah, it's like practical those, that shit won't ever go away but I think like for me, um, and not to be sappy, is I when I really started getting into like makeup and hair, and I told my grandpa, who's like my number one hero, my number one everything, number one like person I look up to and like man in life and everything. And I remember telling him, like, I'm not gonna go to college. Aside from running away to go to college as <laughs> a party. But I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna go to college and I I wanna do this makeup and I wanna do effects and things and he uh such a huge supporter in everything and he made it clear that it wasn't my best idea and he didn't really kind of approve of it in a very traditional way um not conservative way just but he just wanted to see the best for me and he was just like such a hard business to get into and this and that and i was like but i'm gonna do it i went to school and i uh, had graduated school and he still was not into it he was supportive just not like you're I don't know kid and uh it was about a week after graduating school and I was like really trying to do like you know work on student films and I had come home uh to the ranch such a sappy story keep it together and he was like how's it going kid and I was like it's going good like I think I'm gonna work on this college film and this and that He's like, I got something to show you. And this is like also the man who taught me how to be a man and how to be treated as a woman. Like he taught me how to change the oil in my car, how to put in a battery, how to splice wires for electrical. Like he taught me how to be a man yet be treated as a woman. Like make sure a man always opens the door and this and that. So it was like, he's like, I got something to show you kid. And I was like, okay. And so I went out with him 
and uh, and so when I came around the corner, there is a makeup box case. Oh, and, that's wonderful. I know. And I literally Amazing. was, um, I was like, oh my God. And it was like metallic. I still have it to this day. And it was uh, metallic. And he's like, I know you're going to do great out there, kid. And I know you're going to get them. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, this is someone who was so supportive, but he was really kind of against it. You know, he just didn't, he wanted me to go to college. He wanted me to do something that was just so secure. But, um, and uh, yeah, and I saw that makeup case. And uh, I just, it meant the world to me. I mean, it was just everything. Uh, and so he has nothing to do with makeup, but he literally has everything to do with, uh, with, you doing with it. me doing it. Because that um, moment in my life has, n like, I've had directors yell at me. I've had, I've had actors tell me, you're the shittiest makeup artist ever. And if I didn't have that moment in my life, I actually probably would have believed any of those moments right. where like a director was like, you're fucking shit. You're going nowhere or, or an actor being like, this is horrible and what have you. But, because, but you get to build everything on that moment. But that yeah. moment that this is someone who just was so against it. And just the fact that he bought me that case and was That's like, fantastic. go out there and go get him, kid. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to do it. And that is that and you did and yeah, that did. Yeah, i did man it. i fucking carry that case around like nobody's fucking business is your grandpa is he still is he still no, alive? No. did he get to see did he get to see some of your work before he he passed? um he actually did get to see some of my work i mean not, not nothing of like my big stuff um I, it, it, like, I, again, just knowing how close he was to me, I asked if he would watch Pearl Harbor with me, which was actually a really horrible mistake, by the way. But I mean, at the same time, really good, because I was like, this is what I want to do. So I wanted it to see a movie, and I probably picked the wrong movie, because he was actually in World War II. <laughs> 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 so I probably should have gone with something like Godzilla, <laughs> or something. But, um... I think I think he kind of also got it at the same time. Like, I just wanted to recreate people's stories. Right. right. You know, I love people. I love storytellers. I really love storytellers. I mean, I love them because I'm a really bad storyteller. So I really love storytellers. That's why I'm in it. All right. Thanks for listening. That was The Crawl, Galaxy San Juan. Um, Next week, we're going to have Owen Greenwich Young, Warren Hendricks, some sound guys we've worked with a lot. Yeah, two really good dudes who uh, who we've known for a few years now, and they have some pretty awesome, awesome stories. They've worked on a ton of cool shit. Uh, Warren's worked on X-Men Apocalypse and Deadpool and Snow White and the Huntsman. Owen worked with us on Southbound and VHS. He mixed a ton of really cool TV shows, and they've got some really, some really fun stories to tell. So that'll be in a week. Um, until then, you can get in touch with us at on Twitter at High Radio Silence. Uh, find the podcast wherever you get podcasts, and go to our website, HighRadioSilence.com. You can find it there too. With radio silence.